0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Craig. Uh, Craig Lister, this, uh, this is my lovely wife Sue of 33 years uh, so far. Um, Graham actually said I was able to take two and a half hours I said I could squeeze it into two so, um, No, in all seriousness uh, We've had an interesting few years We're a normal, I think, a normal married couple With uh, three children All now grown up What do you mean? Why are you laughing at me saying normal? Unbelievable is is such a thing Yeah, and, um, I know so. Well, I did wonder with this scoreboard Whether I was actually getting marked for the talk So be kind if you're marking me um, Anyway, a few years ago, I was in the middle of uh, work. I was um, working in finance and I had to go to the Far East to do some work. And on the first day that I was there, I felt myself not being able to wee. And I found this very strange because I was about 50, 51. Um, and within 24 hours, I'd been into hospital, I'd been catheterised, I'd been told I had to go back to the UK. Came back to the UK, had some tests, and the doctor said, Don't worry, you'll be fine. Uh, you're too young for anything serious. And within a couple of weeks, I was told I had cancer. Another week or so after some tests, I was told it was very serious cancer. Um, Within another couple of weeks, uh, a doctor said, I said to this doctor as he was doing some tests, what do you think? And he was writing some notes. He said, what do you think? He said, you've probably got a life-threatening and life-shortening cancer. And at that point, you kind of go, sorry. And I was leaving his surgery as he said it. So I closed the door. So could you just say that again, really slowly? And his words were i'm not saying you have to write your will today but you need to get ready so he's no longer a doctor not not nothing to do with me he has retired thankfully Um, but the long and short of it was i had further tests i had x-rays and all sorts of scans and blah 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 and the long and short of it was they said you've got prostate cancer and it's advanced prostate cancer uh, which is unheard of in somebody in early 50s or very rare um but they said, don't worry, we'll operate on you. You'll be okay. And after further tests, they came I and said, you're inoperable, which is a little bit shocking. And then a few further tests later, they said, it's, it's really quite bad, but um, we're gonna put you in a trial, a drugs trial, and we'll see how you go on. And so I had some more scans, and then they, they came back to me and said, uh, they rang me and said, oh, you've seen Dr. Alonzi next week. I said, I've never met Dr. Alonzi. Who's Dr. Alonzi? So oh, he wants to see you on Wednesday and he's rather unusually set aside an hour for you. He only normally gives people 10 minutes. I thought, that's not good. (laughs) I don't want an hour with a specialist. So we rang Sue's sister as a GP and asked if she'd come with us. So it was obviously, um, I'm making light of it, but it was quite a disturbing time, a very disturbing time. And we got to the Wednesday morning and um, I said to Sue, my wife, I said, "I, I just need to read something from the Bible. And I picked up my phone. It wasn't this one, it was a different phone. And as I picked it up, A verse popped up on the phone. It's never happened before or since. I have the Bible app, but you have to tap on it and do things. This verse just came up, and and I'm holding it. It's not there. But it was uh, Mark 10, verse 27. It was for Jesus glanced at the crowd and said, For man, this is impossible. But not with God. With God, everything's possible. Um, Oh, I was told, by the way, this slight aside. Sue said, Do warn them. Um, that you're a wee bit different to a lot of men. And I'm a wee bit different because I'm on such a lot of drugs that I've become a menopausal man. So if I burst into tears and cry like a baby, or you see me with a massive hot sweat, it's not my fault, okay? It's just, it's just love. Um, so I read this verse, and I showed it to my wife Sue, and I showed it to her sister, Vanessa, who um, has got a, a very basic faith. Uh, one of these, you know, she goes to church for certain occasions, You know, births, deaths, marriages, maybe Easter. Um, And we all read it. And he was like, wow, what's coming next? And we went into hospital, and this doctor came in that we'd never met. And he actually said, "Um, your situation is impossible. Those are the words he used, your situation is impossible. He said, when we did the scans last week, we found that it's not only spread locally, it's spread in an advanced manner. You've got hundreds, if not thousands, of tumors in your lungs. And I have to tell you, you have no time left. And I was like, Wow. And it was so bad that Sue's sister, who's been in GP for many years, actually went, ah! she was so shocked, and then she apologised, because doctors aren't meant to do that. And we said, Okay, what do we do? He said, Well, there's really not a lot of point starting chemo because you're so advanced. Um, we'll start you on this trial, we'll see what drugs pop up on this. A randomised trial, and I got the only drug that wasn't didn't appear to be useful to me, which was a, an anti-bone cancer drug, and that was the only place in my body that I didn't have the cancer. So that seemed it was like we were crying out to God, saying, "Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because I just not have the good drugs." Anyway, we got that, um, but we kept having this um, Jesus lies at the ground and said for man this is impossible but not with god so we went home and we actually opened a bottle of champagne and stood in the garden it was a sunny day it was the first of june um, and it's eight years ago from today not quite today but eight eight years ago and we drank champagne and we kind of went well we're going to praise god and it's like who do we trust? We're going to trust a guy who's 45 years of experience on this earth is extremely skilled and qualified or we can trust God who has said to us before we even went for the meeting, it's impossible for man but not with God and we, we, we chose God. In fact, I said for a couple of years to people, you know, I chose faith and the arrogance of that statement is shocking. But I, was, I didn't mean it in an arrogant way. I kind of went, I chose faith. And I felt God really gently say to me at one point, He said, You didn't choose anything. I gave it to you. I gave you the means to choose faith. I think, wow. So, I do get emotional. So um, we had all sorts of things happen to us which were extraordinary. Uh, and a good example would be, I won't give you them all because it's too many. But one was that some people said, Could you pray for us? And they were praying at church. And one person came up to me and said, I feel God saying that your cancer is like bubbles and God is gonna pop them as if they're floating off. And they, you know what? the children's bubbles, when you blow the thing and it, little bubbles come on, and then they pop. And this person said, I think they're going to just pop. God's gonna start popping the cancer like bubbles. And bizarrely, we were then going across the world um, to see a pastor who prayed for us. And I'll tell you that story as well in a second. And um, anyway, we got into Thailand and we went to a church on, on the Sunday in Thailand and they said, if anybody needs healing, come out to the front, we'll pray for you. And I, at that stage, really felt God almost encouraged me to do any somebody says they'll pray for healing, go. And I was very reluctant. I didn't want to. I wanted to just sit back and hide. And Anyway, I went out and this Canadian guy who was uh, preaching, he said, can I pray for you? What is it? I said, well, I've, I've got a really serious illness. He said, well, let me pray and we'll see God. He prayed. He said, actually, he said, what's your name, it's Craig? He said, well, Craig, I have this picture. He said, I can see these bubbles. Oh, <laughs> I went, whoa! He said, these bubbles and they're floating up and they're popping. I went, wow, God's just spoken to me, three days, five days apart, but 6,000 miles away with the same word. I said, like, wow, maybe God is speaking. And, and that was incredible. Um, and before we left for that trip, we'd, we'd been at one of the festivals. Um, in fact, Sue asked me to tell you this. We come from a church in Watford called Soul Survivor, and they do lots of festivals for youth. And we've, we've kind of helped on them doing, you know, not quite cleaning toilets, but moving people around sites somewhere and doing stuff. Um, and they said just before we left, could they pray for us before we went? So we got called up into a little room for coffee, coffee room, and lots of the leaders who were there were going to be speaking at these festivals came and laid hand on, hands on us and prayed for us which was fantastic and there were some great words there but there was one chap who was sat as good as over in the corner there and this lady said oh pastor Wong, will you come over and pray for Craig and Sue?" and he put his paper down and he put his coffee down and he walked over and i remember sue and me were sat like just on two chairs here and we were doing the christian thing you put your hands out and hope god's gonna bless you don't you and trust he is and we're like this. And Pastor Wong put his hand on my shoulder. And I won't do it as loud as he did, but as he put his hand on my shoulder, he went, "Wow!" And of course, that did kind of stop the room. And everyone went, oh, what? He went, oh, I'm going to do the accent. It's terrible, but forgive me. They went, oh, great. God said to me, years, years. And he put his hand back on my shoulder and said, Lord, let it be so in Jesus' name, amen. And he walked off. Picked up his newspaper, up his coffee, and carried on. And we went, what just happened? And it was part of this journey of God just giving us words which were not in kilter with what the medics had said. So we went over and we actually saw uh, Clement Wong in, in Malaysia and he prayed for us, and the church did, and we had a great time with him. But then we came into the time of um, we were coming up to the three months, and, and the implication of the three months was I wouldn't make it past three months. Um, 'Cause it was you have no time and they were wondering how I was breathing. Um, so they signed me on these basic drugs and they said these drugs don't work on mutated cancer. And so we said, Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens, but we trust in God. And it's easy to say we trust in God, isn't it? I'm sure every one of us in the room at some point said, I trust God. But also you sometimes you have to pray, Lord help me trust you, as you say it. You know, and, and so we were saying, Lord, give us faith, give it give us that ability to trust you and see what happens and two guys came to me again with words from the bible and it was um, from two kings verse 20 and it's not something i knew about so if you don't know about the passage don't worry it's about king hezekiah king hezekiah was really seriously ill really really ill and god sent isaiah to speak to him and isaiah's word to him was not what you ever want to hear it was the law, god says Get your estate in order, you're going to die. I said, wow. And when these guys both gave me these two words, I'm thinking, that's not what I want to hear. But he then goes on to say that he cried out to God. And he said, Hezekiah said, I've served you, I'm your king, I've, I've done everything you've asked, show me mercy. And as Isaiah was leaving, and it said he was only in the middle temple at this point, God spoke to him again and said, Go back and tell him he's going to get 15 more years. So he went back and he told him, you're going to get 15 more years. And he put poultice on his, his illness and he, he started to recover. But the king said, well, and I'm going to paraphrase this, so forgive me, this is not biblical, this is Craig Lister speaking. He basically said, look, 10 minutes ago you told me I was going to die. Now you've come back and told me I was going to live. You know, you need to prove it, tell God to prove it. So Isaiah said, okay, God says, the... the the shadow comes down the temple steps every day. He can either make it advance down the steps or he can make it go back up the steps. Basically to prove God's Word. And King Hezekiah says it well, he goes down the steps anyway. Tell God to move it back. And the Bible says that the shadow went back up the steps. Now we all know this is impossible. You know with God anything's possible and and one of the guys I, I was saying to him oh you know I'm so excited that God's gonna do something and he's, he's gonna give me 15 more years or more he said that, that's not what God gave you I don't I didn't bring you that so what did you bring me he said I believe God said he's going to roll back your illness as if it's never been there I went, wow and that's a wow you know he said oh oh and I had to say sorry because I misinterpreted what it said I hadn't listened Yorkshire people don't often have listening, listening skills, as one <laughs> will tell you. Um, so we, we took that on board and we had all these words and then we had to go in for our first scan because in November I'd, I'd lived six months. So we went in for some scans and I remember the consultant coming in a couple of days later and said, I have amazing news. And we said, well, what's the amazing news? He said, well, the cancer has shrunk by 50% in every dimension. And I said, 50%? I said, it's gone down by half, and my wife, who's a mathematician, said, no, no, 50% in every dimension, it shrunk by 75%. And he said, exactly. He said, think of a football, halve it, halve it, and halve it, and you have a tennis ball. He said, all the tumours that are in your lungs, we've measured them, and they've all shrunk. And we really don't know how that's happened, because we haven't done anything. I said, well, we've been praying, and he rolled his eyes. I said, I've changed my diet, and rolled his eyes again. Um, and we learned to get on with this guy really well. He's a lovely, lovely man. Um, but he's not used to seeing God work. Um, so that was the start of things changing. And we had to carry on with life. And it was really hard. It was really hard to get used to drugs, and his system to get used to drugs. And we, we moved on. Um, but all the time we've got this cancer hanging over us. And then we read something in the Bible again, John 16, verse 33. And it was really helpful and really disturbing. Because sometimes you read the Bible, don't you? And you know you've read it, but it doesn't click in your brain. And it was, Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. Which is true, but not helpful. (laughs) You know, you kind of go, huh, in this life you will have trouble. And we have felt, in this ongoing journey, it's almost like God has strapped us into one of these new roller coasters. And if you haven't been on a roller coaster for some time, obviously Graham hasn't because he doesn't like them. But they, <laughs> they sit you on these roller coasters and often the floor then vanishes and your legs are left like dangling. And we felt God has kind of got hold of us and put us on this roller coaster and the floor's gone. And we can't stand on our own. And God's got us. But he's quite. It's like, wow, this, this becomes quite a journey then. And we've done some downs and some ups and some flats and some spins. And we haven't known where we've been some days. You know, we're not the all conquering Christians that you sometimes see. We're just normal ones. <laughs> but we've, we've found that God has hung on to us, He's clinged on to us. And, and we've just rolled through all this stuff. And so six months passed and uh, they got in and more tests. And then He came back and said, Well, it's, what's happened is incredible because we can now only find three tumours in your lungs from the thousands that were there and three or four tumours down here near my groin Um, and this went on and then um, about a year later another set of scans and they were down to, they might be nodules, not tumours anymore Um, but then, six months later, nine months later they did some more tests and we found some more tumours, some new ones Um, and we had some experimental radiotherapy and it has been this ongoing up and down journey. There hasn't been a flat. You know, it's either been really good or really terrible. Uh, and God's been with us every single bit of the way. And um, what I want to share today is, is about God's goodness, not just about my little journey, because my little journey in a sense is insignificant to God's goodness and his kindness. And and you said about mercy this morning. And boy, have I experienced mercy. Well, get back together. Um, and yeah, we, we've just experienced God's mercy and His grace. And particularly mercy, I feel is just utterly undeserved. You know, we're not special people. We're not some super Christians. We're not, um, uh, how, how do you say it? To? We're just normal, you know, we're just everyday people that God has chosen to bless. So. God also said to me right at the beginning, it was a really funny word, because I don't hear a lot of things directly from God, but this word was really interesting. It was, glorify me on the way through, not at the end. And it was like, oh. So I had to sort of make this choice. And it was it was really strange. It was like, so I need to say God's good. Now, not when it's over and done with. And so we, we kind of chose that as a family, and, and it was hard for our children. They were uh, 15, 17, 19, something like that. And, and it was a tough gig for them, you know, and we all decided we'd do that. And part of the challenge for me was, are you salt or saltless? And a lot of my life, I think I've been saltless. You know, I've, I've been, I've tried to be a decent Christian, whatever that means, I've tried to be a nice guy. But this has changed us, because you, you're either salt or you're not, in this situation, because you're either moaning, groaning, and feeling death and doom. Or or you kind of choosing a different path. And God has given us the grace to choose this different path. So that's been part of the journey as well. Um, And how are we doing on time, Graham? Are we still okay? So we've we've felt that it's been really lovely not to blame God. Because again, again, one of your choices in in your life when things go wrong is, who do you blame? Because we're in a blame culture these days, aren't we? It's always somebody's fault. You know, whatever happens to me is your fault or their fault, it's not my fault. And this was a real awakening again of God saying, it's not a fault game. It's a no fault situation. You just have it. You're just one of those people that has it. And it was lovely to be sort of released from blame and from feeling angsty and just learning to go through it. And to give you some, some ideas of how it's been, um, three years ago, So I'd had it for five years then. And obviously, tumours had come, tumours had gone, experimental treatments had happened, experimental treatments had gone. Um, They found some more tumours. And they said, well, we want to give you this new drug. I said, excellent, thank you. They said, it's it's really, it's fantastic. We think it's going to be great for you. It's the latest end-of-life drug. Now, honestly, if somebody prescribes aspirin, (laughs) paracetamol, (laughs) ibuprofen, that's okay. When they say, I've got this great end-of-life drug, you don't want to hear that. That's, that's not fun, you know? And so, of course, you do the terrible thing of looking up on the internet, and it extends life on average by six months. You're thinking, well, I don't think that's what God wants from me. I'm not in that place. I'm, I, you know, do I fear death? I don't know. But I don't feel it's right to go yet. And um, so they started on this drug, and my cancer score went down to undetectable. And and it has dramatic effects on your body. I I can't lift a suitcase. I'm as weak as a kitten. As I said, I'm very emotional, as you've seen already. Um, I have hot sweats. So I'm the only menopausal man probably in the room. So ladies, I understand. And I can say, I understand. Um, I'm very empathetic. Um, And it's quite challenging because my body is not how it was. Um, But you know, God's still good. He hasn't changed. You know, we've found this. God hasn't changed. And if anything, he's helped us to live a better life this last eight years than the life we lived before. And I don't think we were living a bad one. But he's really been gracious to us. He's really lifted us. Um, And there's a Psalm 121. It's, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we've, we've experienced that. We've experienced that make it of heaven and earth helping us and lifting us out of the pit top, a pit of potential despair uh, and, and, and difficulty. I mean, I, I have pain pretty well every day. Um, I have morning sickness. I, that's a Chaps, morning sickness. It's great. You wake up. You want to spear your guts up. You stop, and you kind of go, this is horrible. And then your wife says, yeah, now you know. Now you know how it was for me, and I had three children. Um, and, and so we go, uh, we go through this thing. It's not something that I go through. It's something that we as a family go through. You know, and I, th- I think sometimes cancer can be a very lonely thing or it can be a united thing. And for me, the family has been incredible. And the family of God have been incredible. Our, our church has been there for us, showing God's love to us. Um, and it, it's, it's been quite right so far. It's a journey. You know, we're not at the end. And this blessing God on the way through, honouring God on the way through, has been such an important lesson for us. Uh, for life, you know, it's, it's, it's your everyday life, you know, are we adding salt when we talk to people or are we being saltless? Um, um, my heart is still to serve God, so it's interesting because at the church, obviously I, I can't do things I wanted to do anymore, um, so we've helped with the welcome team, um, because you can still put a smile on your face, you can still say a kind word. Um, and so we've, we've been doing that, helping run some teams and, and this, that and the other in the church. But as I say, God has been amazing. God has been this, this ever-present help. Um, he didn't need to prove himself, but he has. Yeah, and, and I suppose, coming to a sort of an end in a sense, um, our son has been doing a psychology degree and finished, and now he's doing a, a Masters at Loughborough. And he said something like the other day, and I'll quote him rather than say something. he says, make sure your headspace is a good place to be as you take it with you wherever you go <laughs> and he said it to us when we were saying something probably something negative and he really pulled me back you know how you are in your head and your heart and your soul is what you carry around with you every day and if it's not a good place to be you know how much salt how much encouragement how much lighting can i bring to everybody else but if it's a good place to be your that joy god gives you will, will come out of you and other people will see it, other people will be blessed by it Um, and I suppose lastly um, I always find this slightly uncomfortable but it's it's victory even in death you know that for us death isn't the end you know we heard about somebody sadly who's died but for her that's not the end and you know Paul said and we've we've, if you're a Christian here and you know the Bible a little bit you'll know this which is for me to live is Christ to die is gain I'm starting to get it I'm starting to get it so in conclusion we are very blessed to be here with you we're very blessed to know Graham and Helen they've been great friends um, especially the last few days because they've sleep in their house and they fed us and given give us wine which is not <laughs> a bad thing is it um, but no we're super blessed he said that we're on a journey we're still on this journey I'm, I'm in hospital regularly I have blood tests I have scans I have as i I have all these drugs i'm still on this end of life drug um well when we said to the surgeon i will finish i promise (laughs) we said to the sorry the consultant the oncologist said he said well there are other people like you i said that's great great to know how how many people are there and where are they he said well you know i'm not sure where they are really and he works with a guy called professor de bono and they're two of the top guys in europe so I said, well, how many people have gone through this advanced metastatic cancer where it's gone to lungs and it's in your lymph node system and all this, and survived? He said, well, I'm not aware of any personally. I said, what about in the UK? No, I'm not aware of any. What about Europe? No, i not I said, so i am I one in a million? He said, oh, at least one in 10 million, maybe even more. And, you know, sometimes God just makes a decision. And we're the lucky recipients of it. And I, I use the word lucky very carefully. But, you know, God just chooses, doesn't he? And it's not for us to question God. And when he does, we, you have to be grateful. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.